really good to see all of you guys. We're going to start a new series. And as you guys see up here, it's how to pray. Uh, there's several reasons why I wanted to start the series. But I think for me personally, uh, there, there's a personal reason why I really wanted to start the series. Uh, the personal reason is because I feel like these days, spiritually, I'm struggling. Okay? But something that helps me, or let me, let me rewind a little bit. I think the reason why I'm struggling uh, spiritually is because I'm not praying enough. Okay? And so I think that's one of the first things. When you stop talking to God, have conversations with God, obviously then what's going to happen? Relationship is not going to be as good, right? And I think one of the best things then for our spirituality, no matter where you guys are at, whether you kind of believe in God or you're kind of just here because I don't know why, but you're just here because just for the sake of it, or you are a Christian, you want to keep growing, no matter what level of spirituality you're at, I think any, any, any type of prayer, always uh, there's growth. So today, or this whole month actually, we're going to be learning about prayer. Let's go into it. And when you pray, says Jesus, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray then. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. The interesting thing here is that we don't see it from this context, but if you actually look at the Luke's version of Lord's Prayer, it actually gives us a better context of why Jesus actually teaches the disciple how to pray. The reason is because disciples come and ask him, Jesus, it looks like you have a wonderful prayer life. And we want to learn how to actually pray. Now, Right off, the bat, uh, right off the bat, I want to tell you guys something. How many of you guys, if you don't want to raise your hand, you don't have to raise your hand. How many of you guys find prayer difficult? Okay. Some of you guys are nodding. Some of you guys have your hands up in your head. Okay. Now, I remember a friend came up to me and said, he wasn't necessarily specifically talking about prayer, but he's just talking about religion altogether. But he said, why is it so difficult? You know, it should be easy having a relationship with God, praying to God. Why is it so hard? And then I thought about that question. I was like, yeah, why is it hard? But then I thought about it. Why do you think it should be easy? Okay. Like, for example, let's say I open a chemistry book and I go, why is it so hard? Why is chemistry so hard? Well, why, why should it be easy? Or let's say I go to a, a relationship, if I talk about relationship, and I go, why are relationships so hard? Okay? Of course it's hard. Okay? Or if I go to uh, parents and say, why, are parent, why is parenting so hard? Of course it's hard. Why is working so hard? Of course it's hard. Why is losing weight so hard? Of course it's hard. Everything in life is hard. Okay? But for some reason, we have this idea that prayer should be something that's easy. And so some of us, I think we feel guilty not praying, yes, but I think sometimes we feel guilty 
that prayer doesn't come as easy as we think it should. Does that make sense? I think some of us, we go, well, I've been at church for a while now. I grew up in the church. I listen to, I know what, I know prayer is important, but prayer is very difficult. And so I feel guilty because prayer should be an easy thing. But again, it's not. And that's why you see here the disciples come and ask Jesus, how should we pray? And we see Jesus actually teaching, this is how you should pray. Why? Because prayer is a difficult thing. And so some of us, we feel like it should be an easy thing, but don't worry, it's not. Okay, again, praying to a God. That's a very difficult thing. Just having conversation with another human being is a difficult thing. Let alone, what, what makes you think that prayer is going to be a, a simple thing? It's going to be hard, but that's okay. Because we're going to learn how to actually pray. Okay, so this series, I hope, it, it'll, it'll make you feel less guilty. But at, at the same time, you'll realize there's actually, and this is what Jesus is going to talk about, there's actually a right way to pray and a wrong way to pray. Okay? And we see here in the first section, Jesus is talking about, this is how you should not pray. Okay? Don't be like the pagans. So pagan, we normally think it's like non-religious people, but here, the context of pagans is religious people. Okay? These are religious people. These are people who are praying all the time. If anything, they're saying they're like, it actually says they're babbling. Okay? They're praying all the time. These are religious people. However, it's not how much they're praying, but what they're praying about. Does that make sense? So Jesus says, you shouldn't pray like this. Instead, you should pray like this. Okay? So we're going to see the difference. Okay, so what is a correct way of praying and what is a wrong way of praying? So we're going to see the difference between those two. Okay. We're going to see that God tells us that we need to approach Him right here. And we're going to see this uh, sentence, we're going to see this uh, phrase twice, which is right here. The phrase is, for your Father knows what you need. You need to approach God as your Father. Second thing over here, it says, this is how you should start your prayer, our Father in heaven. And we're going to just stay right here today. And then next week, we're going to go to hallow be your name. Okay? But the way you approach God is going to change everything. Okay, so let's unpack that a little bit. Normally, normally in any interaction, any uh, exchange, there's some kind of basis for which you approach the relationship. Okay, there's usually two different ways. There's obviously more ways than that, but two, two normal ways. The first relationship, I'm going to call this business relationship. Okay, and the second relationship, I'm going to call it family relationship. Okay, so whenever we're talking to somebody, there's always a basis of which our relationship is, and therefore that determines how we talk. So for example, for example, if I go to uh, the Dallas Fort Airport, okay, and I get lost, I have a basis, even though we're strangers, I could go to somebody and ask them for directions. Okay, it's just like common, like understanding. Okay, it's kind of, we're still strangers. I have no idea who you are. You have no idea who I am. But it's kind of common, like, you've been lost before. You kind of understand. And that's, that's a, in that basis of relationship, you can ask those kind of questions. You can say, hey, I'm lost. Do you know where I'm at? Or do you know where to go? Things like that. However, I cannot ask a question, something like, hey, 
your baggage looks really cool. My baggage is crappy. Can we, can we have an exchange? Can, we, can I have yours? Yours look much cooler than mine. Hey, you guys laugh. Why? Because the basis of our relationship, it's not like that. We're strangers. We can't get a deep uh, exchange like that. I can just ask them for, um, just for uh, a direction, but I cannot ask them for something more than that. Does that make sense? So it depends on the level of our relationship. The depth of our exchange is going to change as well. Does that make sense? Now, Jesus is going to tell us there's two different ways, again, to come to Jesus. One of it is a business relationship. Okay? It's basically like this. I'm going to do something for you, and you do something for me. Okay? You can come to God with that kind of relationship. And you see here like that. Oh, let, me, let me go back to the previous slide. And this is how the pagans are coming. What they're saying is, it says here, they keep babbling like pagans. Why? Because for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. So the reason why God should listen to me is why? Because I have said many things to him. So it's a business exchange. I'm going to do all of these things for you, then you do this for me. Okay, but instead he says, no, we need to approach God as a, right, right here, for your Father. Okay, our, this is how we should pray, our Father in heaven. Does that make sense? So we, when we approach God, we can approach him either as a business partner or we could approach him as family. And that's going to make a total difference whether you are pagan or you are a Christian. So even if you're praying, Jesus is saying, even if you're praying every single day, you're fervent and you're praying hard, if you are coming to Jesus like a businessman, then it's always going to be, it's always going to be very cold. It's going to be full of anxiety. It's not going to be fun. You're going to be doing it out of um, just the duty, and it's not going to last very long time. But instead, Jesus tells us, well, how we need to approach him is as a father. Okay? So let's see some of the difference. I'm going to give you an example first before we go into uh, our relationship with God. Imagine this. Business relationship, it's not based on any commitment. It's totally based on how much I'm going to give to you and how much you're going to give to me. And as if I'm not giving to you, okay, then this relationship is over. And if they're not giving to me, this relationship is over. But in family relationship, what happens? It's, there's commitment. Okay? I don't receive very much from my son at all these days. Okay? If anything, he like pushes me away and he doesn't like me these days. Okay? However, that doesn't mean that I give a lot to him. I give like 99%. He gives me like very, very little. And yet, because it's family, there is some kind of connection. Does that make sense? There's two different ways to live in someone's house. Okay? One way is to live as a tenant. Someone paying rent to the landlord. Okay, so again, the relationship is good as long as, what? I am paying my rent. And the landlord provides me with a house, or if something breaks, they provide me with whatever the contract uh, suggested. Does that make sense? Okay, however, and that's, this is sometimes why, like, if you have, like, landlord and you live with them and you kind of get close to them, it gets a little iffy, right? Like, business and if business and personal kind of gets involved, then what happens? Then it's like, what are you going to do if the tenant doesn't pay rent 
Oh, but you got close to him. You had food with him or food with her. Then what happens? It's hard for you to kick them out. Okay? Or what happens? You're paying rent, but she's not like fixing your bathtub or something or your showers, and you're only getting cold water, something like that. Then again, you're going to have issues. And that's why, uh, you know, we, even, even us, we understand, hey, business, try to keep it business. Because if it gets personal, then it gets kind of messy. And that's why some people say, I don't want to work with church people. Because again, it's like business and personal, it kind of it gets mixed up, and we like to keep it separate as well. Okay? But how about for a child? Okay? A child, again, doesn't do much. Doesn't pay rent for a very long time. Okay, very, very long time. But what happens? Does the mom go or dad goes, you haven't been paying rent. You're out of here now. Okay, you've been doing something wrong. You're out of here. No, that doesn't happen. Does that make sense? So now, when we approach God, the same is the same occurs. Right? A lot of us, we approach God with a very business-like attitude, like we're the tenant, okay? And the best way to know whether you have a tenant relationship with God, a business relationship with God or not, is when you pray, okay, there's two different instances, when God doesn't answer your prayer and when God does answer your prayer, okay? How you react will be totally different whether you are a tenant or you're a son or a daughter in the house. So some of us, when God doesn't answer prayer, we get very, very upset. We go, God, I've been praying this much. Or God, I've been coming to church more. Or I've been doing this, I've been doing that. Look at all the good things I have done. So what kind of relationship is that? Then, that's a business relationship. You go, God, this is how much I did it for you. I'm a tenant. I paid my rent. How come you're not fixing my shower head? You should be fixing stuff for me. And they become indignant. And they go, I did my part. You do your part. Or some of us, either we're very angry, or some of us, we feel very anxious. Why? Because we feel like we're that tenant that didn't pay rent yet. And so we go, God, I haven't, I haven't been praying that much. You know, I, basically, I haven't been paying rent. So what's going to happen? Every time you see the landlord, what are you going to do? You'll be like, oh, shoot. Like, you got to run away. You got to be like, oh, man. Like, oh, he's demanding rent from me. And so you don't pray. Why? Because you always feel guilty. You always feel like you're not good enough. You're never enough. You're always anxious. Why? Because everything is based on a business relationship. Or you think, because God is not doing enough, I'm not paying enough. So some of us, we think, okay, oh, I had a, I'll give you a personal example. I had, a, I had a church member come up to me, fat, like, stack of cash. Okay? Fat stack of cash. Uh, I, don't, I think he didn't have a check. Okay? fast stack of cash and he gave to me he's like use it use this for church and I was like why like why, why are you giving this to me okay and he said I haven't been paying my offering and I and I, I was thinking about it I was thinking about it and he's saying I realize the reason I've been praying for uh, 
for, they, they wanted uh, another, another um, a child. And they said, we haven't been getting another child. And I was thinking about why God is not answering my prayer. I realized it's because I haven't been paying offering. And I realized if I pay offering now, then God's going to answer my prayer. Do you see what he's saying? He's saying, I thought I paid rent, but I realized, oh, I actually skipped a little bit. So I got to pay the full rent. Then he will answer my prayer. Again, do you see what kind of relationship that is? It's a, it's a business relationship. You're not coming our Father in heaven. You're coming our landlord, our boss. Okay? They're babbling. They're just think, babble, babble, babble. If I just say this, then ta-da, that's the formula. And Jesus is saying, don't do that. Don't do that. Okay, God already knows what you need. Okay, he's saying, I'm your father. I care about you. So I said the first one, if God doesn't answer your prayer, then you get either very angry at him or you become very anxious. You feel like you're never doing good enough. But opposite is true too. Okay, let's say God answers your prayer. Then what happens? Then you go, of course he answered my prayer. So it's arrogance. It's entitlement. Why? I pay my rent. Of course you should be paying me. There's no joy. There's no happiness. For example, how many of you guys, if you got paid uh, this week, okay, I don't know, some of you guys pay, get paid like bi-weekly bi or some of you guys monthly, but how many of you guys you got paid and you were like, woohoo, thank you so much, boss, for paying me? No, nobody, none of us do that. Why? Because we go, I work for this. <laughs> I, I work for this. If anything, some of you guys are thinking, I'm not getting paid enough for my work. I need to get paid more. Again, none of us are jumping up and, joy, up and down. We go, no, this is what I deserve. I, 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 I work for this. I, this, I, this is what I, of course God answers my prayer. I gave him this much rent. If anything, he should do more for me. And that's kind of the approach that we come when we approach God, okay, on the basis of, again, a business relationship. Again, can you see how our prayers are very cold or either very anxious, our relationship with God? And you see how prayer doesn't become fun at all, if you think of it like this, right? There's no joy because you work for it. Why would there be joy? If you don't get it, you're angry or you're not doing good enough. So you're just going from cold to anxiety. And what fun is there in prayer? Then? And that's why I think a lot of us, we struggle in prayer. But the good news for us, Jesus actually tells us how we should pray instead. Okay? He says, again, our Father, not our boss, okay? But our Father, Father in heaven. Again, how does a father and son or father and daughter, their child relationship look like? Does the child go, God, Daddy, I did all this stuff for you. Okay, is that the approach of a child? Okay, no, instead, we see the father pouring out, pouring out his love and his commitment, regardless of the actions of the child. Does that make sense? If I fed or took care of my son 
based on a relationship, he would not be, he would not be, he would be like starving right now. And he would be homeless. Okay. No, but instead, despite his actions, okay, despite not getting anything from him, there's a, already a prior commitment to him. So our approach, it's totally changed. If you go to God as a father, it totally changes your mindset. When God doesn't answer your prayer, then again, are you going to be upset? Absolutely, you will still be upset. But yet at the same time, you understand, sometimes my heavenly father or earthly father sometimes says no to me for my best benefit. A father who says yes to everything is actually not a loving father at all. But a father who could actually say no, who could actually go against me. Then we understand that better. And also, when father does answer my prayer, we don't go, finally, dad, it took you a long time. No, instead, just like how kids are so joyful and so happy when they receive a gift, we should be just as joyful and just as glad when God gives us and God answers our prayer. There's a Bible verse um, that really explains this, other, uh, this idea of fatherhood. Okay? Yet to all who did receive Jesus, to those who believe in Jesus' name, he gave the right to become children of God. Does that make sense? That means every single one of us, in Jesus' name, we are all sons and daughters of God. Okay? So, this is what we call spiritual adoption. Okay? So, we were not His sons before. We were not His daughters before. And yet, because of what Jesus has done, we become adopted. We become his sons and we become his daughters. Now, why is that important? Why is that important? Because think of, think of just our human adoption. How does adoption work? Okay, does, when the kid comes, does his action and behavior change right away? Is that what adoption is? If you act like my son now, or if you act like my daughter now, then you are adopted. Is that how adoption process goes? No, how does adoption process go? There's a lot of paperwork. But what happens? There's a legal status that happens. A legal exchange that happens. They become someone else's son or daughter. But entitled, legally, their, uh, their legal status changes from what? Someone else's to your own. And this is very important. Because it's not about, when we come to God, it's not about our behavior. Although behavior is important but it's about our status in front of Jesus. What I'm trying to say, it's, it's not about, when we come to God, it's not about what we're doing, but it's about who we are to Him. That changes everything. Okay, who we are to Him changes everything. And so a lot of us, again, we still approach God as a businessman or a boss. But instead, what God continues to tell us is He wants us to approach Him as His son and daughter. And are we flawed? Absolutely. 
Are we doing things that do not show other people that we are sons and daughters of God? Absolutely. Okay. But we have to understand we have a status change. And once status change happens, then behavioral changes can happen as well. Okay, for example, again, let's say I adopted a kid. He's not going to call me dad or, mom or my wife mom for a long time maybe. And he's not going to feel like I'm his dad. Right? Because for a majority of his life, he didn't feel that way. And he's not going to behave as though he's my son or my daughter. But when that continues, and as I love him, and as I take care of him, and I treat him as my own child, what's going to happen? Eventually, he will behave, she will behave like my own child as well. And that's what God is calling each and every one of us. A lot of us, we come to God and we say, hey, look at my resume. Look at all the different things I've done. This is why you should adopt me. Okay, this is why you should adopt me. Can you imagine a child? Let's say they have like a big like board and they write all the different, these are the different things, the reasons why you should adopt me and love me. Okay, and, but that's what we're doing in front of God. And that's how we're coming to God in prayer. We're saying the only reason why you should listen to me is look at all the stuff, good stuff I did. And some of us, we're so busy, we're not even praying because we're so busy trying to write down more things because we feel like we haven't done enough. But here, God is looking at us as we're praying and He's saying, don't you understand? Through Jesus, I have already adopted you. Right? Can you imagine the kid we adopted and he's always trying so hard? <gasps> if I do something wrong... He's going to send me back. If I do something wrong, he's not going to call me his son or his daughter anymore. Can you imagine the anxiety and the fear that you would live with? But that's how a lot of us, we approach Jesus. That's how a lot of us, we approach prayer. But again, Jesus says, no, we need to approach him as our father. There's deep love. There's deep gratitude. I haven't done anything to deserve it. Oh! <gasps> But you still chose to love me? That's how we need to approach God. Our Father. Not our businessman. Not our exchange. Not my boss. But my Father. Our Father. Okay? Let me just end with one thing. It says here, Our Father, Okay, right here, Our Father in heaven. You know, a lot of us, okay, I don't know about a lot of us, but I'm pretty sure there's some of us in here, uh, the word father might not be the best word for you because of your relationship with your earthly father. Okay? Because we have had experiences where our fathers have disappointed us, where they gave love to us or valued us based on what we did, right? It's because our, our earthly fathers are sinners as well. They're broken as well. They have some issues as well. Just as some of us will when we become our parents. We all have issues. Why? We're all broken. And because of that, our father, you know, it, it doesn't hit home for us as much. Or you just feel very disappointed. Or you haven't been treated right by your father. But it doesn't say that, right? It doesn't just say our Father. But it says our Father in 
So there's a distinction that I am not like your earthly father. Your earthly father has disappointed you, but I will not. Your earthly father might have seen your flaws, seen your brokenness, and have totally run the other way to you, away from you. But me, my father, okay, me as a father in heaven, will never abandon you. If anything, even amidst your sins, your brokenness, your struggle, I am coming running towards you like a good father. I'm coming to embrace you, to better your life, to enhance your life. So won't you come and communicate with me? Won't you come and have a relationship with me? Will you stop coming to me as a business relationship? But won't you come to me just with nothing and just come and just be held by me? And I think that's what God is telling each and every one of us. And that's what I think God wants in our relationship in prayer. He wants us to come just as a child, feel secure in their father's love. I pray that this week, maybe a week when you are praying, and when you do say, my Father in heaven, or our Father in heaven, that you realize, again, that you are already loved by God. That you are already accepted by God. You don't have to try so hard. I wish Kurumi was here so I could hug him and then show you what kind of relationship that would look like. But I hope that each and every one of us, our relationship with God, would be like a father and their son or their daughter. And that our prayer will look like that as well. Uh, let's go into time of reflection.